to another episode of Paranormal Than Normal. I am your host, as always, Jeremy, trying to pick up all the weed that just fell out of my pipe onto the floor. And I am here once again to try to make the world seem a little more normal. But as always, that's a hard stretch. And today, I don't think we're going to do that, honestly, but we'll try. I am joined, as always, by a guest. And my guest this show is Sean Wickens, who is the host of the Stoner Morning Show. Did I get that right? Yes. And he is also an author who wrote a book that we will get into in a little bit. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, Sean? I feel good. Uh, no complaints that I that I care to share. <laughs> well, glad to hear it. Yeah. So... My first question to every guest in this show always is, what got you into the paranormal slash spiritual world? I think, <clears throat> I think it was an overexposure to um, science fiction when I was a kid. And um, I'll also credit those. Um, do you remember, like, I think it was in the 90s, there was all these commercials for, like, Time Life books that were, like, the paranormal stuff. And it was like you could get yes. The Loch Ness Monster, you can get a book about um, crop circles, you can get a, a book about astral projection. Um, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think I've always just been a healthy skeptic in that I'm into things, I'm aware that they could be real. I don't necessarily know what I believe, but I'm open to possibilities. Well, I like someone who is willing to open their mind and try to imagine these things are real. Yeah, yeah. Did you get all of your weed? Got all my weed, but okay. in the process, lost my lighter. Because you know that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bummer. But oh well, I shall survive unless it magically appears. Oh, it to my legs. I should have known. <laughs> um, so, the second question always is. Yes. Have you had any experiences with anything in the paranormal realm? Whether it be ghosts, spirits, um ufos or any of the furry cryptids um i've seen things in the sky that occasionally could be um uh unexplained aerial phenomena or don't know um i've never seen a ghost i've definitely been like scared <laughs> but i think honestly my um I think my my paranormal strength is that I I think I'm a pretty good magnet for just pretty good coincidences. Um, I wouldn't call myself um, a psychic, but I've had enough friends tell me that I'm somewhat of an accidental mystic that I'm like I might as well just start believing that. You know what I mean? Um, my last name is Wickens. Not spelled like, not spelled like Wiccan, but it's close enough. And um, somewhat ironically or coincidentally, my uh, this, the neighborhood that my sister and I grew up in, there is a witchcraft museum in that small neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio. That um, you know, my sister still is in the neighborhood we grew up in. I mean, so that's kind of an interesting thing. We're both interested in that um, realm. Um, but I think I just sort of invite enough interesting coincidences. You know, I've had random psychic mediums come up to me and give me readings. Some of them have been very, you know, enlightening. So, um, and I, I think I'll share one last, um, interesting anecdote, which relates to the book that I read, uh, wrote that will be, um, <laughs> Well, I proof I proofread it too, <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> I I'm also a comedian, and I've written jokes over the years that have somehow ended up coming true. And I'll show I'll share with you one example. I used to tell a joke um, that I don't meditate, but I do visualize myself telling people how much meditation has changed my life, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um. But now I do meditate and I do sometimes share that meditation has improved my life and existence. So 
I'll, I'll tell you, I've been told so many times to that I need to start meditating to start unlocking things that my brain can do that I don't know they can do. Right. And I, I find it so hard to slow down and find the time. Like, it's just the biggest thing. Oh, I get you, it. Most people think like, oh, you're a stoner. You think you'd be sitting around all the time just doing nothing. I'm like, that's not the case. Oh. If I'm smoking, I'm doing something while I do it. <laughs> but, well, we can we, we can talk about meditation a little bit because I do think I have some small pieces of advice that do help people. Some of it's personal, but some of it is also, I think, applicable to, to other people. Um, I, in some ways, I planted the seed to be um, a frequent meditator years ago. I, I used to be a residential window cleaner here in New York City, uh, which I wasn't always out it's kind of an interesting job because I wasn't always out on scaffolding on the outside of buildings. Sometimes we were, but it was really more so we were in people's apartments, the windows tilted in. Mm. Um, it was a different danger because I mean, you could knock over somebody's priceless statue, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but it was just re- mindless, repetitive work. And I think when I made the choice to start meditating, I think I was able to do it because that, job provided hours and hours of accidental practice makes sense i mean it it, in a way that definitely makes sense so yeah and i think the strength of it really is is that i mean just recently i realized even when i try to meditate for five minutes and i can't do it very well a, a lot of times i guess i cheat i listen to guided meditation stuff on youtube that makes it just easier for me But if I do a five or 10 minute meditation and I feel like my mind was wandering and I wasn't really relaxed in the moment, I at least tried and I never have an experience that's so negative that I have quit. I've still stuck with it. So in some ways, the difficult moments of trying to meditate makes you stronger for (laughs) doing it when it works. yeah, I get that. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, I just got maybe maybe I should try the YouTube thing with the guided meditations. I even have a few websites that, that past uh, guests on the show have given me like their site and told me like there's a few free ones on there if you want to check them out, like and yeah. try using them. But do you have trouble sleeping routinely? No, I sleep like a freaking rock every night. I mean, I'm usually uh, stoned, but or drinking, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pretty good. Uh, I'd call myself an A plus sleeper as well, but I do uh, often listen to stuff at night to help me sleep. And I think it helps me in those moments when I'm awake and I'm listening to guided meditation stuff. So try listening to stuff at night. Maybe it might sort of click with your subconscious to make you um, more ready to do it when you're awake. Yeah. All right. Maybe I will. Maybe I shall. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'll define a way to do it because my wife would kill me if I had that stuff playing while she's trying to sleep. <laughs> I mean, trust me, she, you don't disturb her sleep or you get the claw. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also, I'll, I'll also share that I have no, um, I guess, metaphysical um, diplomas <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, credentials. I don't know. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm a hippie stoner too. I mean, there really, there are diplomas in the metaphysical, but I mean, you, like a lot of diplomas, having one doesn't make you an expert. It's usually doing something, it's doing something that makes you an expert or that's, practicing something. So, so I mean, it's not like you need a degree for that. No. Yeah, most people I know just started doing it themselves and they became masters at it over time. But, but that's it. You mentioned it. So let's talk about your book that's coming out. Sure. Well, it's already here, oh, okay. uh, which is very appropriate because it's called Time Machine Blueprints. Um, <laughs> and I swear this is a magical book. Um, it has changed my life when I, since putting this out. Um, months ago, I got stoned. And and this, this already, I had already, for some reason, started thinking about time travel. I don't know why. Um, just to entertain myself during lockdown, I suppose. 
Um, but one evening I got stoned and then I woke up the next morning and I had bought in the domain name Time Machine Blueprints, which I was amazed was available. Cause, and I was also like, somebody should have that. Why not? Somebody should own it. And for months or weeks, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And then I realized <laughs> after getting stoned some other night, I could self-publish a copy of Time Machine Blueprints on Amazon. And the first edition is blank. It's a... Hmm. And it says right on the cover, first edition. Um, so I tell people, you know, get yourself a copy, check it periodically. Maybe at some point the time machine blueprints will magically be in there. But also I have friends who use this genius. as a dream journal. I know it's funny that when people say it's, it's this is a genius idea because I literally just published a, a blank book. Actually, there are some time machine, time travel um brainstorms at the very end of it that I included. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it makes me more positive or optimistic about the future. Cause it's like, this is stupid, but it's real. <laughs> like who knows, maybe the 34th edition that comes out like a hundred years after I'm dead. Um, maybe that'll be the legit one. Truth. And, you know, my name might not be on the cover anymore, but maybe I'll get a thank you at the back of it. <laughs> thank you to the man who printed the blank book and gave me the inspiration to fill it in. <laughs> and, Jeremy, I swear, like, I don't know, it's it keeps on getting funnier to me because I'll, I'll go on stage and I'll talk about this and it always gets a laugh. Um, recently, I realized that I self-published by accident, a um, prequel to H.G. Wells' Time Machine. Huh. Because before that character had to build the time machine, he had to sketch out time machine blueprints. And so this is the prequel to that book. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that's actually genius as well. I mean, and I I, I love the time machine classic movie. Oh, classic yeah. Book. And... Um, I did just read it for the first time. My father showed me the film, the 1960s film when I was a kid, and I just rewatched that. Do you remember the film? Have you seen it? I had to watch it my senior year of high school in a sci-fi class. So. Oh, okay. wow, sci-fi class in high school, wow. What school yeah. did you Yeah, uh, well, I, as we are discussing pre-recording, I went to Kingston High School, so, in Kingston, New York, but, and oh. that was one of the, that was one of the, for your senior year, you got to take, uh, Instead of just regular English, you got to take like a specialized English class. Wow. And science fiction was one of the choices, or like there was Greek, there was Greek, like mythology too, and other, I think like one about like, uh, not, I forget what you call them, but like rom coms, romantic books. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, and there was like a Shakespeare class, of course. So, I mean, you got to choose which way you wanted to go. And yeah. I took, I took two semesters of science fiction, hard and soft science fiction. So, wow. They, they even made the, the, distinction in in the class that's 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 great oh uh, the teacher the teacher was very much into science fiction and he loved it so yeah. kind of like a older nerd mr stein i don't, <laughs> know, if, I, I don't know if you're still with us but one of the best damn english teachers ever mr stein hopefully you're still at um kingston high and um one of my recent joys in life, Jeremy, is that I will send copies of this to random places like nuclear power plants or just like the library at MIT. Um, I have a dream of someday sneaking a copy of this into a little metal box and then burying it on a beach somewhere where, you know, retirees will frequently go out there with the metal detectors just so yeah. one guy <laughs> can find this and open up a box that finds the time machine blueprints and then opens it up and gets disappointed that it's empty. Anyway, maybe I'll send a copy to your old high school. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they would love it. And I mean, actually, the guy on the beach is going to be like, what did I find? Like, it's, <laughs> it's blank. Like, do, oh, do they I reveal know. themselves over time? <laughs> like, I will hand this copy to people sometimes and they'll, they'll get freaked out or get confused by it. Um, but if I explain it to them that, hey, it's blank inside because it's the first edition, usually people um, get it and laugh. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I even have my own copy and I'll reveal to the world, I'm working on the second edition <laughs> inside of my own copy of the first edition of 
the time machine blueprints. Because why the fuck not? Exactly. I mean, and it's it's like that. It's like that famous episode of Futurama where they found a van from the seventies under underground, and Hermes is like, "Where's the where's the where's the device that stop that slows and speeds up the passage of time?" And Fry's like, underneath the back seat, pulls out a bong. <laughs> I really uh, like. The- I really like the episode where they have a time machine that only goes into the future. Oh, that's it, yeah, I mean that's an amazing classic sci-fi trope. I um, I think that. Oh, anyway, what I wanted to say about the film, the time machine. This isn't in the book. At the end of the film, you know, the inventor of the time machine goes back to his present day, like yeah, eighteen ninety nine, London, and then he goes back to the future and the. The narrator of the book or whatever the one of his buddies finds out that he took three books out of his own library to take to the future and the movie ends with like what books do you think he took yeah one of the books he took was the time machine blueprints you would need a copy of that if you're going to take the time machine into the future yeah i, I mean it would have been smart the first time but yeah, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be great if in a, we find a very early draft of hg wells's time the time machine and there was a character in there named sean wickens it is a british name yeah i mean it's definitely possible why not i mean in this in this world then on the show we believe anything is possible so yeah, yeah. which uh, and actually you... fun, fun little fact about that episode you brought up though oh yes on uh on disenchanted in the one episode they're watching security footage in the castle and you or like magic security footage kind of but and oh, okay. in the in the footage you could see Fry the professor and Bender in that machine, like when they hit that timeline, which just uh, proves that just proves that Mac running plans it to be like prehistoric Simpsons Futurama, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's the magic of cartoons. I mean, yeah, can, yeah, cartoons are great. Um, do you have you ever answered your own question of how you got um, interested in the paranormal? <laughs> I have. I have before, and I have another shows as well. And I haven't heard li- that episode. Yeah, my listeners know, but um, basically, kind of the same as you. I mean, in my elementary school, there was literally one paranormal book, one paranormal book in the library because I used to work there in like fourth, fifth grade, like on lunch, helping put books away because I was a goody two shoes nerd. But I mean, and I just I love books, so I like getting to see all the books I put away was like awesome. I would actually sit there and like read like half a book while putting them away, but. There was one book that was about crypt was, was about par- uh, I don't I don't even know what it was called. It wasn't called paranormal or anything or crypt. I don't even think crypto was in the title, but yeah, it was it was Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, all the aliens, like all the classic paranormal stuff that people talked about in the nineties. Yes, and and at the very and of course at the very end there was a little section on living dinosaur possibility, and all that piqued my interest and. Growing up, I watched Mysteries and Monsters in America and Monster Quest and all those shows as well. I mean, I'm, I hate all the freaking ghost hunting shows because most of them are so fake. Oh, but, sure. but I mean, I watched all those shows growing up too. And just, I always had an interest in it. And then a podcast called Monsters Among Us that I found in 2016 uh, or 17, whenever I found it, it was like in the third season when I found it. But it made me fall in love with paranormal again because it's just people, regular people like me, calling in their paranormal experiences to this podcast, and the host just playing the call and then giving like what he thinks about it. Yeah, and yeah. it's got a huge following now. He was actually on my show back during the summer, and it was an honor to have him on. But yeah, yeah. Derek Hayes, Derek Hayes is a podcast OG, but he got into it before the pandemic, <laughs> like a lot of people, including uh, myself. In yeah, one, but. I, I think that my interest and fascination with Bigfoot is probably all because of like Chewbacca. I was a Star Wars fan when I was a kid. I mean, in some ways, like when people tell me or share that their belief that Han Solo is the coolest character in the original trilogy, trilogy I really feel that Han Solo is as cool as he is because he has Chewbacca with him. I mean, Chewbacca just makes Han Solo cooler. If he was by himself, or if he, he was just, just with another guy, he'd be <laughs> a punk. He would just be a punk. Yeah. But no, he is a cool, awesome space dog. That's <laughs> right. 
who like vouches I mean, for him. And it's like, yeah. you know, Chewbacca's around there, you know, he's strong as fuck, but he's also cuddly. You know, he's giving out hugs. One know? of the only one of the one of the only creatures to be in like seven of the, seven out of like eleven movies. Right. Like, it was but and I mean Chewbacca, what a Wookiee. But I exactly. and I mean, well, okay. My personal opinion, the coolest character of the original trilogy will always be Darth Vader because Darth Vader is metal as shit. But oh, sure. but I mean Chewbacca is a damn close second because he is awesome and just the comedy that can go back and forth between Harrison's I mean between Harrison Ford, I almost said Harrison Solo. Between yeah. Harrison Ford and uh I want to say Kenny Rogers, but I could be wrong. I I forget who did Chewbacca. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I Kenny Rogers is they... C3PO, wasn't he? Yeah. I hope they make a solo too. Why not? Who cares? I, I'll, I'll I would be down for it simply because I want to see an expansion on spoilers, but it came out like six, seven, eight years ago, so whatever. But I want to see a continuation about Darth Maul mainly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because that real any real Star Wars fans know that Darth Maul is the coolest character, one of the coolest, one of the top three coolest characters in all of Star Wars. He's pretty because he he is in every iteration of Star Wars besides the original and sequel. Yeah. In all the TV iterations, he's in it at some point because his storyline never ends from Phantom Menace on to freaking till he actually gets killed by Obi-Wan in the desert right before New Hope. But oh yeah. And, um, I mean, the, fa- and yeah. the fact that Obi-Wan kills him again is just poetry. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm not a hater. And um, if that makes you angry, you can, um, I don't know, send me a message on social media about it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. The, oh, the, I guess, all right. The last thing I'll say about Time Machine Blueprints is that in some ways this did come about because even before I came, I bought the domain name, even before I came up with the idea of putting out a book, um, I was thinking about time travel and you know how you're well-versed in science fiction. You know how people have said in the past, well, we don't have time travelers in the present because we need some, we need to build some sort of bridge that they go to that they can arrive to whatever, whatever. Um, we haven't built that yet. And I was hanging out at home stoned again. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that theory And I thought to myself, what if the device isn't like a Stargate? What if it's just we have to build a civilization where everybody feels safe and welcome? You know what I mean? Because it's like there's a lot of points in the past in history that you kind of wouldn't want to go to because you'd be seen as like scary or like, you know, people would you know, people were just less tolerant in the past. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to, I mean, and you wouldn't want to show up with a Hmong like when human beings were like the Eloys and just did nothing and would try to kill you immediately. But Yeah, and I mean, if we had somebody from the year 3000 just pop into reality here in 2023, I think most of us would probably freak out or not believe them or, you know. So in some ways, I think we need to like band together and just sort of like make a better present. And like, if we do that, which is possible if we just open our minds up to the possibility that like, yeah, we can make a pretty cool earth, you know, where everybody feels taken care of and, you know, um, embraced and loved and safe. Like maybe once we create that civilization, shitloads of people from the future will like show up and was like hey this is <laughs> finally this is a cool place to visit um so that was kind of like the um the seed that sparked my um current time lord journey time lord in training yeah i mean but i have you heard actually of those uh people that like they're, they're humanoid figures that are seen flying over like California and jetpacks and they've been seen flying over the desert too in the Southwest. No. Like that, they wear all, they not. wear all, they wear all silver suits and they have a jetpack attached to them. And they're seen a lot actually over wow. the last like 
10-ish years. Just like someone look up like by airports a lot of times as well. And it's been hypothesized by a lot of people that maybe those are time travelers coming in. And that we just, they, they come in and I think they just can only stay for like a little while. Like I think it's that they just discovered how to do it and they have to just go in and stay as long as they're able to and just check things out and then go back and report. Uh, I mean, if I was from the future and I was wanting to check out 2023, I probably just wouldn't pop in and walk around. It's like being in the air, like droning above everything is probably the safer way to do it. So, I mean, may, I mean, maybe there could be time travelers walking around now all the time. They're just wearing like sort of like, you know, cloaking devices so they can't be seen, you know, who knows? It's very possible. I mean, there's the whole... Glimmer man, like slash predator type uh, spirit or cryptid that people have reported all the time, like in the woods, they reported seeing it like in their house. And it basically looks like the invisible man, like like in the newer movies, they could basically look, this looks like someone's wearing an invisibility cloak. Right. And right. it's weird because, I mean, a lot of people think it's extraterrestrials and that the government's now training with it because they got it from extraterrestrials. But because funny story, I actually heard this on another podcast too. Um, the guy who wrote Predator, his father was in the military, and they think his father knew things, and he told his son. So, um, I mean, and that's why he wrote the movies on is that idea that these there's these creatures that exist that could do that, right? But I mean, it's it's a theory, but I mean, it's kind of there are actual like facts right there that point to the fact that that could have happened. Like sure. it really. Should could have even, but it's creepy. I mean, I wouldn't want to see something. If I see all of a sudden like a little piece of that freaking air in front of me start shimmering, I'm, I'm gonna literally freak out probably. Yeah. <laughs> like I would move. Oh, that's Matrix theory stuff right there that makes me shiver almost. But <laughs> I um I don't want to share too many things that'll make me sound insane, but. <laughs> I don't, yeah. like, I don't know. I'm a stoner comedian. I don't know. I like to think about the future. I like to fill my mind with good thoughts. I sometimes, because why not? We're here to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I sometimes prepare myself for the possibility that somebody might just warp into existence in front of me, say something weird or, you know what I mean, or freaky, and then just like pop back out of reality. You know, because maybe we should encourage ourselves to be ready for something crazy like that happening, because the more people who are ready for it, maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Imagine imagine all of a sudden someone just pops to be into being in front of you and they literally just go up to you and whisper in your ear, moist, and then they <laughs> pop back out again. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing. That'd be the funniest thing ever if they did that, like on a as an ongoing sketch on some show. Why, 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 why shouldn't there be a time travel uh, hidden camera prank show? You know, mm. um, I uh, shit. I had a great thought and I lost it. Maybe I'll get it again. <laughs> well, as a stoner, I understand that one hundred percent. But we were talking about Bigfoot a minute ago, and oh yes. I'm kind of curious uh, on if you have any ideas on what Bigfoot could possibly like. What do you think Bigfoot is? Because it's pretty well known that he basically that they basically exist, but it's more a good debate now of what is it that's existing. In some ways, I am so pro the idea of Bigfoot. I kind of want him to be real, but I also, you know, or them, you know. Uh, I want big feet to, to exist. I, but I feel maybe we shouldn't be looking for 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 them, because if they don't want to be hidden, maybe we should respect their wishes and just not look for them. So, but I do kind of want to know if they're real or not. So I'm, I came up with a documentary idea, where I take a bunch of friends in the woods and I tell them that we're not going to look for Bigfoot. And we just hang out, and then if it seems like we're we're talking about Bigfoot too much, or we're just wondering about him, I sort of like 
cancel the trip. I'm like, we're going back in the city. We can't look for Bigfoot. We have to be out here not looking for Bigfoot because maybe then that's when Bigfoot will find us. Um, so I do have this joke where the the way to probably find Bigfoot is to just walk around in the woods with a bunch of like surveying equipment and like tape measures and just walk around talking about how, hey, this seems like a pretty good place to put a town, you know? And at some point, maybe Bigfoot will just pop out of the bushes. Like, what did you say? <laughs> you have too many towns. You don't need a town here, you know? Uh, yeah. So I think we shouldn't be looking for Bigfoot. And then and maybe that's when Bigfoot will find us. See, I mean, there are so many, though, just like there's so many pics and videos nowadays of what is supposed to be a Bigfoot. And oh, yeah. a lot of them, though, can't be faked. Like I've seen I've seen a lot of them proving that they are not fake. They proved it like through every measure of photography science we have that they can't find a way that this was faked in any way or form. It's a real picture. Right, right. Which, I mean, I 100% believe in Bigfoot. My listeners know that. But it's just a matter of, I mean, it, and I, I definitely don't think we should be hunting them. I am 100% against that because that's stupid no, as hell. No. But um, should we be looking for them? Yes. Certain people, like, certain people who are cryptozoologists by trade, and they actually went studied it and learned how to do it and spent a lot of time in the field trying to find things. They should be the ones looking for it because at least they have the right my goal of it. They're not trying to exploit it or capture it. They're just trying to prove it exists. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I know this. I, I, I shouldn't say no for sure, but I have a good, pretty good feeling. If we ever meet aliens, we can probably ask them if Bigfoot is real, and they'll be like, "Yeah." <laughs> like maybe that's the first thing we could ask them if you know. Um, hey, can you fix global warming? And also, can you um, can you introduce us to Bigfoot? Why not? See, well, one, they're going to say right away, like, global warming. That's been going on ever since the beginning of time. It just goes through cycles. Sure. So, they're going to say, we can't do shit about that. That's your problem. I, but, I, I, I think they can fix it. I don't know. I think they can. Uh, I, I give aliens a lot of credit. Why not? Um, I do too for a lot of reasons, but I, I mean, I watched some space documentary last recently. I think it was like on the some BBC thing that was available on Netflix. But they were talking about how the universe is expanding, <clears throat> and galaxies, and, and and the universe is expanding at a, and it's accelerating, and eventually, the galaxies are going to be farther apart, and they're going to be traveling so quickly away from each other, it will probably be impossible to reach other places. And in some ways I felt like that's a self-limiting belief on a species level. Cause I'm, you know, it's possible, I don't know, a thousand or 2000 years in the future, maybe we will master inter interstellar travel and maybe the fact that it's going to be harder to reach these places and we will be able to do it, it's just going to be then more of a triumph. So I don't, I, God bless weed. I really feel like, <laughs> and meditation because I don't know. Amen. Like, I kind of feel like I do think a little bit, um, I don't know if I should, if I should say more efficiently, but I, I feel like I'm less, uh, I succumb less to like thoughts of like um, shame and self-loathing. And, and I think it helps me to think more optimistically about the future. You know what I mean? Does time travel sound cool? Yes. Would I like to experience it? Sure. If I don't get to, am I going to be, will I feel like my life is a waste? No. Um, I got to put my book, <laughs> my name on, on a book that, Hey, maybe future generations will find this and be like, I think I can work on this. I, I think I can tackle this problem. Um, so I think it's, 
I, I think it's we shouldn't bog ourselves down with like thoughts of how shitty the world is. I mean, yes, there's shit in the world, but I think we're also capable of doing some pretty incredible things. So that's kind of why I put this out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I I agree as far as all that premature things that I agree with, but. As far as Bigfoot goes, yes. All and, right, and, and, uh, no, no, it's all good. I, global warming is a good topic. Get on always, but as far as Bigfoot goes, I mean, I have a theory. In the last podcaster, I told this theory. Like she literally had her mind blown for like two weeks after it, like trying to, like she kept adding more things to it and finding more like lines that connect in it. But I have a theory that yeah. Earth is a alien prison planet that was built by aliens. Yes. Um, and then basically it's built by aliens. And at that point they start putting all their print. They have like a UN or a, uh, dupe. If you want to go back, keep going Futurama references, but it, it, or Galactic Council, whatever you want to call it. And it's just basically all the different species and any species that they deem is too dangerous. They put on earth hence, hence Bigfoot, hence, uh, sea slash lake monsters. Yeah. Hence, I mean. Sharks. Alligators, alligators, polar bears. You don't want to fuck with a polar bear. I see certain things like polar bears. I can't, I can't add to that because it's just they, they can prove where that came from in evolutionary stances. Uh, but, but I mean, like Bigfoot, like the Bigfoot and Dogman are like kind of the centerpiece of it all because that would explain where both these species that have tons of encounters reported for both of them. Like even if half of them are fake, it's still a lot of encounters. Right. And, right. And it just would explain all that. Explain it, it would explain a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna go fully into it again because my listeners have heard it, but Got it. it basically and but it also explains why there's UFOs because those are wardens that watch over Earth. Sure. Or tourists right. to check out the zoo the, the zoo exhibits. Exactly that. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I would that's the that's the point as well. But I mean, it's just there's and like the last last podcast I told this from uh, "Be Afraid of the Dark" podcast. She literally like two weeks later, I was on another show with her, and she's just like, "I'm still adding things to your theory that makes sense," and I was like, "See, see, I knew I was onto something," but I mean, it just wouldn't make sense, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, the the other the, the other way that theory can go too, really, just quickly is. Instead of that, the fact instead of them building Earth, they found Earth and they killed off the dinosaurs so that they could put prisoners here. Well, it's nice that they got rid of the dinosaurs because we'd be fucked even harder if they were around. So oh, they missed a few in the if you talk to people in the paranormal world. Yeah, but, but I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, it's very true. I mean, yeah, it, it, it could be, it could be true. We don't have to worry about walking down the street and getting mauled by raptors, which is, I mean, knock on wood, that's uh, pretty. So they did. They did something all right. <laughs> they're, they're if, you, if, if you lit, if you lived in the jungles of Chile, you yes. would not be saying that probably. But maybe, yeah, maybe, not. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll reports. visit. Maybe I'll visit someday. But I don't know if it's if it seems too scary. I, I might not want to go there. But uh, I, I I'm not the guy who wants to discover dinosaurs on Earth. I mean, it's if somebody has discovered dinosaurs on Earth, they probably have been eaten. So I think time travel is a little safer. I, I will have, I will share that I have friends who have said, hey man, you can't be fucking with the timeline. You might be inviting some pretty bad like paradoxes or something like that. And I don't know if, I think, um, I think it's also a self-limiting belief that if we fuck with the timeline, we're gonna break it because, um, I'm not a physicist, but we can manipulate gravity, but we can't break the equation of what gravity is, like 9.8 meters a second squared or something like that. We can manipulate light, but we can't alter the speed of light. You know what I mean? And so I don't think if we can't break the rules of physics, we I don't know if we can break time either so i think it's a perfectly fine thing to experiment with um but i i could be wrong i may have doomed us all so 
Uh, I mean, apologies in advance. I, I mean, I, it, I'm not sure. The butterfly effect could be a really true thing, and I mean, it, it's, it really could. It depends if time is singular or if it's cyclical. Sure. Or I mean, there's a but lot that, of different. What we don't know how time is. That's the problem. It's true, but the butterfly effect theory didn't come from time travelers. It came from people who can't time travel. Um, true, but I mean. It kind of makes sense. I'm I'm very well aware that any um, any advancement in civilization it does lead to disaster. Mary Curie died of radiation poisoning. Early um, early pilots died. Astronauts have died. Um, you know, I don't. know. Maybe AI will figure it out. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. And that's when we're doomed. But so let me ask you this though. What's what's your theory on aliens? Um like gee. do you do you believe in like do you believe in all the typical species we believe exist? Um I think it's a pretty safe assumption to be like, you know, hey, us humans, we study animals in the wild. We can't really, we're trying to understand them. We can't really communicate with them that efficiently. I think if there's some advanced civilization out there, I think they're probably checking us out. And I think that they're like, <laughs> these humans are idiots. They can't understand our, you know, telepathic language or they have a very weak grasp of their own emotions. We can't hang with these fools. Um, you know, I think I'm not that much of a Star Trek fan, but what's that Star Trek uh, Next Generation movie where I think Jordy and somebody else goes back in time and they find the guy who discovered the warp drive and then yeah. the Vulcans see that warp drive signature. I, I think I think that's kind of a good um, template of like we need to figure out our own shit and once we can prove to some higher life form that we've you know gotten our act together they might be like oh cool <laughs> hey we'll chill with you um want to try some space weed like this shit yes. will really yes. blow your fucking mind um i mean i see i agree i, I agree with that as well it's just I totally forgot where I was about to go with that. Holy! Oh well, I mean, it's like they—it's like the storyline they did in Marvel Comics, kind of, where uh -huh. that all that, uh, uh, basically, a uh, order of different species all made a deal. We will not go after Earth. We will avoid Earth because it's a backwater yeah. planet, and they're not ready for it yet. Right. I mean, of course, anybody who knows comic books knows that's not the case anyway. That all the bad aliens are still going to try to go attack Earth, but. I think yeah, um, I look at my own sort of journey through life and I do think that I'm getting a little bit wiser and um, may, I don't know, should I, am I getting smarter? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a lunatic, um, but I think I'm getting more sort of optimistic and as somebody who used to dwell in a lot of just like shitty thoughts um it's i enjoy myself more in you know my mid 40s than i did in my late 30s um and i think part of it is just trying to think about um good versions of the future not even just of me, but sort of just on a global level. And I don't know, I think it helps. It definitely helps me. I, I, I need to be optimistic. Um, uh, because I spent a lot of years, I, I'd say that I even wasted a lot of years um, not thinking that way, um, which, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's also 
I know that to be around optimistic people, somebody who's optimistic all the time, it's kind of a drag, you know, but um, yeah, it can it's, be. it's useful for, for me um, to feel that way. Also, I think I'm pretty good at getting stoned. Um, so much so that sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes when I'm not getting stoned, this might also come from meditation. Sometimes I'll just randomly kind of feel stoned uh, or sort of in sort of like a hypnotic state. Um, who knows why, but. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That, yeah. that, actually, that actually happens to me once in a while too. And yeah. like I've talked about in the podcast for whenever I'm talking to medium psychics, clairvoyance, like, or anybody in that area of field, like yeah. I, I get the weird, like, even if I'm not smoking this green ganja, I yeah. still, like, it will get, like, a hypnotic thing going in my head the whole time talking to them, like, and a couple of them are like, oh, that's your, that's, that's your, what you can do trying to break through. Like, yeah. you're, it's, you're hitting it, but you can't break through the glass yet. So I'll, I'll admit to trying to, I didn't really think that I would find myself doing this, but after I started meditating and I was reading a lot about not just meditation, but neuroplasticity and changing mindsets and, um, you know, lost knowledge. I, I started reading a little bit about astral projection and I like sometimes, I don't know, I've tried to do it. And I think I've gotten close. Um, I also know this about myself. The few times that I've done hallucinogens in my life, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to share how about the frequency. I don't do it that much, but I don't see a lot of visuals when I do that kind of stuff. So I think astral projection for me isn't a visual thing. I think it's kind of a sensation thing. So I think. Um, and yes, I usually get stoned before I go to bed <laughs> and I listen to some pretty chill music and I, um, I don't know, it like feels pretty good. I like, I look forward to going to bed <laughs> sometimes. Um, sometimes but, <laughs> yeah, but I've gotten to points where like, I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm in the zone and it like feels pretty great. And I'm like, well, this isn't maybe astral projection, but it's sort of like an other body experience had an out-of-body experience, but um, an enhanced physical experience. So I feel like I have astral projected in the way that I am capable of doing at this point in my life. Um, yeah, I actually had a I had an author on here a month or two ago named Vincent Field, and he wrote a book about astral projection and lucid dreaming. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a trippy thing like that the whole world of astral projection and lucid dreaming like both of them are crazy i mean lucid dreaming itself is just insane like what you can do and what you yeah. see it's just like i don't know if i'd want to do it even like yeah i'm not good at lucid dreaming myself but again you know i am in the last two years i am trying to think of things in different ways in some ways i think i might lucid dream when I daydream, I'm a pretty active, just daydreamer. Some to, sometimes to the point where it's like, Sean, like you got to stop daydreaming so hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think I might in some ways, um, lucid exist. Uh, cause sometimes I'll just be riding the train or I'll just be like sitting at a, having my morning coffee and I don't know, my mind just goes to like weird imaginative places. Um, so there were a lot of times where I was sort of mad at myself that I was like, I can't lose a dream. I can't astral project. Maybe I just do it in a different way. Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. I mean, it, there's so many, it's such an unknown field that no right. one can say for sure. There's only one way to do it or not. Sure. But, and there's even a part of me that like, when I was reading about this stuff, I was like, do all these people really astral project? Are they just fucking with me? You know? <laughs> um, but I, 
I don't know. I've, I've talked to enough people who have had different experiences from me, not even paranormal ones, just sort of like different life experiences that I'm just sort of, I don't know. It opens my mind to sort of the, um, the obstacles that other people have overcome and, you know, the different ways that other people have grown. It's sort of like, why shouldn't I, why should I doubt when somebody says that they astral project or they are a psychic medium or they really hear, um, what's up, Greg Coase or Coase? Uh, what's going on, Greg? Greg <laughs> I mean, who am I to doubt people's statements about how they go through an experienced life? You know what I mean? Like I've seen, I've seen like those kinds of things where psychic mediums are debunked, you know what I mean? But I've also yeah. had experiences where I've talked to people and, you know, they have said some things that are shockingly like relevant to me. I've also spoken to a psychic medium who shared some information. It didn't make sense to me. I called up my sister. I was like, hey, listen to what I just heard. And it completely made sense to her. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, there's, and I actually had a guest on as well who she wrote a book about how to tell the difference between a fake and a real psychic slash medium. Right. And like, it, I think it's called The Yellow Brick Road to Psychics. But, that's that's a good title, but I mean it's it's there are fake ones out there, but there also are a lot of real ones, and I honestly don't think any of them I ever had in my show are fake. I think they're all very real, and they can do it because I mean a few a, a bunch of them showed me like told me something at the end of the show off air or even on the show a couple of them told me something, and it's just like ow ow do you know that ow yeah yeah like it's kind of wow, but it blows my mind. But why don't you tell us about your podcast in the last few minutes we got here? Oh, sure. So I, um, a while back, I started a um, podcast with some friends called Stoner Morning Show. It's, you know, just stoners hanging out and talking about stuff. And it's kind of a little bit been on hiatus, but I still do some uh, live shows in the city here. Um, I helped put together a, I mean, the fact that, Weed is now legal in New York State. It's pretty great. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, there's some growing pains. There's definitely some legacy um, cannabis professionals who feel that they're a little bit boxed out of the, the game at the moment. Um, but we got to be optimistic that we'll push forward. And anyway, I, I do a lot of over the summer, myself and some friends put together a Finger Lakes Cannabis and Music Festival. I do a lot of um, 420 friendly shows here in the city. We're doing one this Saturday, January 21st. Um, you can find information about that at Stoner, Stoner Morning Show on Instagram. We do it once a month, and we're hoping to do – we might actually do something up in Kingston, New York, pretty soon. Um, but it really is all about – chilling in a different way and you know i'll be honest when i get stoned in my living room and watch tv or movies like i usually don't not enjoy things like <laughs> even if even if i'm watching some show that a bunch of people are like oh that show sucked i'm like i don't know like people hated the thor movie that came out over the summer love and thunder i thought yeah. i love that movie I loved it. I thought it was great. I also saw it stoned. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's just easy to enjoy things when you're talked. Um, so um, Stoner Morning Show, we've done a lot of live streaming stuff. Oh, we'll probably do some more of that pretty soon. But it really is, right now we're doing a lot of live events. And it's really about trying to be more optimistic in a room with a bunch of other people who are trying to be more optimistic and laughing and enjoying the, the night. And it's been, you know, I had, I've had so many revelations in the past two years, Jeremy, one of which is that, you know, 
for years I was a struggling comedian. Now I like to think of myself as more of an emerging comedian. And I really don't think that I live to do comedy. I think I do comedy because it helps me live in a different way. And it's easy to get, um, it's easy to sort of beat yourself up about artistic endeavors, not being at the level that you want. But honestly, I feel like lately in me trying to create stuff, even in just putting out this book in the last few months, my efforts in with the time machine blueprints, my efforts with like doing comedy shows, it enriches my life and I'm enjoying my life when I'm not on stage to a level that I think it makes the times that I am on stage that much better. Um, I'm not running for president, but I do want people to buy this book because I think it's helpful to have something like this that you can write down a lot of um, crazy, wild dreams in. Well, I will say it, it's a genius idea. I mean, just the idea of it, and I like the idea of it. It could be used for anything, really. It could be used, like you said, for a journal, yeah. slash diary. I, I mean, think, I think the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft in Cleveland, Ohio, I think I heard a rumor they're using it as um, a guest registry for people that they give tours to. Interesting. And if they're not doing that, I also know of somebody else who has it in their Airbnb <laughs> and they have. It's there for guests to sign. So, um, I've, yeah, been, I've been lucky enough to like travel a lot recently. I, I went to a friend's wedding in Honduras. I dropped off some copies in Honduras. So, there's more and more copies of Time Machine Blueprints uh, getting spread out into the world. You know, interesting. Um, yeah, I send copies to random people because why not? I should send one to the White House. Uh just don't put a return maybe address. Not, yeah, maybe just, not. just don't put a return address on it. Yeah, yeah definitely not. <laughs> I mean, but... yeah, I mean, well, actually, you send to Biden, he might literally run to the next room and be like, "My God, I found it!" <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and then they'll open up and see it's blank, and they'll be like, "Oh, sleepy Joe." Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, and if if you end up in Kingston, New York, please let me know. I'll freaking take a trip home to. To see it live or maybe even join you for part of it who knows perfect we'll do it's only, it's only a three-hour drive <laughs> oh nice yeah but I, I definitely want to thank you for coming on today sean it's been a pleasure having you a lot of fun interesting conversation we've had and i can't wait for it to come out and Ooh. so where the, can the people find you and your podcast just to find out everything about you yeah, people can Google. I encourage, you can go to timemachineblueprints.com, but I also encourage people to just Google Time Machine Blueprints or even just search Amazon for Time Machine Blueprints because let's get that algorithm interested in the fact that people are hungry for it. Um, but you can also go to Stoner Morning Show on Instagram or stonermorningshow.com. And um, I don't know, people are... Find me however you want. Just don't do anything weird. Don't pop out of the bushes and tell me you're from the future and not be able to back it up. I don't want... Uh... <laughs> I don't um, want unless, unless you are a supermodel or something from the future and you want and you need me to save the future kind and populate it, then please I mean, come see me. Come I, see me, please. I, I beg you. <laughs> if, it's legit, if it's legit, yeah. But I don't want any fake time travelers messing with my, with my brain. It's, it is fragile. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Well, once again, folks, go check it out. Go check out Time Machine Blueprint. Go check out his podcast. Check out everything. This man's funny, and you'll enjoy it. I'm definitely going to be checking some of it out. And all my listeners know, you can find me on Facebook as Paranormal Video Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with the S group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You can find me on TikTokie at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can find me on YouTube just by searching Paranormal Linear Normal. I want to thank Sean for coming on once again. It's been a freaking honor to have you on. And thank you, Jeff. And may we'll have to have a part two someday and continue the conversation. But yeah, there's gonna we'll be a second, there's gonna be a second edition, so it'll be out there at some point. Well, definitely hit me up when that comes out, and we'll we'll have you on to talk about what you added. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, listeners. Have a good night.